you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix Finder, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, socially distancing from the Fantasy Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano. And uh, man, that was a that was a fun weekend, wasn't it? It was fun because there's no other sports going on, and it was a nice escape. But let's right. be honest, guys. From a fantasy perspective, that draft kind of sucked. <laughs> at least, well, at least weird. for immediate gratification. Yeah, I feel like this is like the second or third year in a row we've said that too. Like I felt like last year we were kind of like, eh, and then we ended up finding some gems. So mm-hmm. uh, you and I are going to talk through this. We're going to see if maybe we can't find some gems somewhere uh, in this draft. I mean, this is pretty much going to be a draft recap. We got plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about. Uh, so we should just go on and dive on in. But before we do that. A uh, couple of things. First off, uh, I don't know how many of you watched the draft-a-thon. I popped in and out of it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Rich Eisen with a bunch of uh, you know top-line celebrities and athletes and, and some of our own analysts there uh, doing uh, a lot of fun things over the three days. 
A lot of it uh, you know, being uh, aimed at charity relief. And if you want to continue to donate, you can still do that uh, through Wednesday. You just go to NFL.com slash relief. Uh, and so you can still kind of get and be a part of the draft-a-thon and, and keep donating there. So uh, if you can, if you can afford to right now, and I know that that's not everybody, but uh, for those of you who can, uh, please do. And uh, maybe give a little extra for somebody who can't. So uh, that is the first thing. The second thing, though, as we always do about this time, we'll go and talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, uh, how was your draft weekend? Uh, no complaints for me. I mean, I'm pretty happy. You got a you got a cornerstone left tackle um, in the first round. You got a, a safety in the second round from Alabama, who most people had going in like the middle of the first. Um, they picked up some, you know, they have a cornerback from UCLA, and the Giants picked up uh, an offensive guard from uh, Oregon. And a few other pieces, uh, left tackle from UConn, like really smart, solid picks to build the future foundation. Say what you want about David Gettleman and his free agent signings and his relationships with some players. But draft wise, I mean, the guys nailed it not only this year and the two years prior to this. So I'm OK with the team moving forward. Uh, it's a good young roster. and You need to build uh, at the, the, the boring positions now uh, then that we have the quarterback and receivers and, and running back in place. So I no complaints for me. I think the NFC East as a whole, maybe outside of the Eagles, had a really nice draft so um you know they made a couple questionable moves there but uh i think yeah i mean i'm, I'm excited no complaints at all yeah it's funny i've seen eagles you know riders and fans trying to do some mental gymnastics like on the surface i think they're all sort of confused and, and slightly unhappy but i think they're trying to kind of make the best of it uh you know Mostly the Jalen Hurts thing, and and we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll, well, I think we talked a little bit about that. that. Uh, They've got six hundred and fifty-eight wide receivers on that team. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. And, and I don't. As much I don't as, really and we'll it. talk about Jalen Rager, but like I don't get the hype for his rookie season unless they do some house cleaning and cut Alshon and and rid themselves of Deshaun. I mean, they Which drafted three wide possible. receivers and they traded for Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> Which is certainly certainly possible so basically let's let's kind of get into this first off there is actually a little bit of news Through the news. Uh, we'll start with Jameis Winston uh, because he was out there as a free agent and he looks like he's going to sign a one year deal with the Saints. So he's going to be the backup to Drew Brees. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, Fabs, it's, it's not a bad move, right? He can go be in a, a, a great organization. He can be he can back up one of the, the great all time quarterbacks. And with the way quarterbacks get hurt, there's a very good chance Jameis could see the field this year. I guess I'm a little bit surprised that it's a one year deal and not a two year deal, knowing that this is the last go around for for Drew Brees. Is this just a way to sort of like, I don't know, rehabilitate his name a little bit and maybe get a starting job next year? I would think so. I, I wanted him to go to Pittsburgh because I thought that would have been a better spot a from a did. fantasy perspective yeah. because Roethlisberger, I, I feel like, is not as durable as Drew Brees has been. I know Brees missed some time last season, but that was kind of a fluky injury with the thumb. So it, it is uh, th- this is something that I should look up. When was the last time a quarterback was a top five fantasy player at his position? And the mm-hmm. following year, backup. <laughs> I mean, like, like that. There, there's probably not too many instances of that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's got to be a short list. Yeah, got to be a short mm-hmm. list. Yeah. Um, 
So, look, I I know people were saying this is sort of maybe the Teddy Bridgewater effect, seeing what happened for, for Teddy B last year. But you made the point, though. Some of it was because Breeze missed, what, five, six games mm-hmm. with a thumb injury. If, if Breeze plays 16 games, we don't see or hear much from Teddy Bridgewater, and he probably doesn't land as a starting quarterback anywhere. So uh, it's going to be one to watch. We'll see what happens and whether or not we are talking about Jameis Winston again as a frontline starter in the 2021 season. So there you go. That is pretty much uh, all the news you need to know. That was the news. Uh, all right. So now the draft itself. I sort of broke this down into like several different blocks. I mean, there's so, it was so much to tackle that I didn't really know how to how to separate it. And I'm sure we will kind of dip back and forth between some of these groups. But let's start because the there were several draft day trades. And it seemed like pretty much all the big ones involved the 49ers. I know, um, right? They were like a fantasy team. <laughs> Basically, uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were were making moves over the weekend. Uh, The biggest one, they send Matt Breida to Miami. So I had it's funny, too, because I had kind of been doing sketching out some winners and losers, doing some videos for our YouTube channel uh, at the NFL. And as I was doing winners and losers, I actually had Jordan Howard as one of my winners, because at that point, the Dolphins hadn't drafted a running back. Um, you know, they had been adding pieces with a ton of draft picks, but they hadn't picked a running back. So I'm like, wow, Jordan Howard is actually coming out ahead in this whole thing. And no sooner had I written it down and uh, recorded a bit of it when I see that the Dolphins make a trade for Matt Breida. So now instead of terrorizing people who have, say, Tevin Coleman or Raheem Mostert on their roster, Matt Breida is going to terrorize people who have Jordan Howard on their roster. Is that is that about right? I feel like Howard still won, though. Because Breed is not a threat to the starting job, in my opinion. Jordan mm-hmm. Howard's going to be the early down back. He'll be the goal line back. Matt Breed is going to be the home run hitter. Remember the whole thunder and lightning thing? You remember that, Eddie, from the uh, yep. New York football giants from years and years ago. So I feel like that's the scenario. And Jordan Howard would have been a bigger loser if the Dolphins had drafted Jonathan Taylor, who would have clearly yes. been the favorite to start, or DeAndre Swift, or even J.K. Dobbins. They didn't do that. And Brita has not been durable. Let's remember that as well. So I still feel like Jordan Howard came on came out on top uh, based on the fact that the Dolphins did not draft a running back of the future or anyone who's going to compete with him for that starting job and for those ever important goal line touches. Yeah, I just I thought that was weird. I mean, I thought that of you know on the shopping list that the Dolphins had and considering this draft the number was, had of a lot picks. of weird Marcus. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, but just considering the number of draft picks they had and and what their need was, mm-hmm. I, I thought that they would go out and get a running back, and they didn't. Um, and so yeah, I I'm curious to see how Breida fits in. I think he's definitely going to get some touches. I I just hold on to the fact that I don't think. Jordan Howard is a bad running back. I think he just doesn't catch the football, and that is his biggest crime, and that is a thing that Matt Breida can do. So that's probably where a lot of his value comes in there. Um, Speaking of catching the football, the Niners send Marquise Goodwin to Philadelphia. You sort of got at that one a little bit, Fabs. I mean, Goodwin, talented player, incredibly athletic, got good speed, just hasn't been able to stay on the field the last couple of years. Did have some some personal issues that sort of kept him, some family issues that kept him off the field. Has had some injury issues as well. Um, I mean, so Fabs, the, the Eagles have a ton of wide receivers, but looking through them, 
all of them have those same durability concerns, right? I mean, you talk about Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, a, a bunch of guys who, when they are there, can be very productive. The question is, you know, how many games will you get out of them? And I feel like Marquise Goodwin's just another name to kind of add to that group. Yeah, exactly. And, well, I guess we know, we know what the Eagles want to do offensively. They want to go vertical because Godwin's mm-hmm. a, a, a field, or Goodwin's a field stretcher. Djax is a field stretcher. Rager's mm-hmm. a field stretcher. And you know, they, they drafted a couple of other wide receivers, too. So, like, I get I get that Rager has got a lot of potential, and he's probably going to end up being, like, the next Deshaun Jackson in Philadelphia. But I don't get the the immediate sort of redraft excitement over him because unless Philadelphia makes a whole bunch of moves and thins out that wide receiving core, he's not guaranteed a starting job at this point. And this is also a team that, run, that runs a lot of 12 personnel. So right. let's not forget – Aside from all of those wide receivers, and let's not forget about, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Greg Ward, they've also got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Marcus, mm-hmm. that's a lot of miles to feed. It is. You know, I I still believe that they are going to try and move Alshon Jeffrey. That, that had been the talk at the end that. of last season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be difficult, but that had been the talk at the end of last year that they were trying to trade him. It was the talk in the offseason that they were trying to trade him, and obviously they haven't found a, a partner yet. Um, but I still think they're going to try and, and do something to kind of move him out of there. Um, yeah, So I, we'll see what happens. The I, I think the idea is they want Rager on the field as quickly as possible, and I think they're worried about you know I mean what, how much longer are we going to see Deshaun Jackson in the league? I mean I think JJ Arthago Whiteside I had him last year as a deep sleeper. Um, I'm going to double down on that one again this year as a deep sleeper and, and and see if it comes through. This is the last one though JJ. If it doesn't work out this this year, then then I'm off the bandwagon. Um, so we'll see, but it is, it is very crowded there in Philadelphia in that wide receiver room. Uh, the other bit of news from the 49ers, they go out, swing a deal with Washington to bring in Trent Williams. That's because Joe Staley retired. So the Niners still trying to shore up that offensive line, make sure that Jimmy Garoppolo is protected. And I'll tell you what, Fabs, I mean, between going out and getting Brandon Ayuk, bringing in Trent Williams, they go get like a, a Charlie Warner, who's more of a, a blocking tight end, H-back sort of guy. They are really trying to they're they're trying to give Jimmy Garoppolo every opportunity to be successful there in San Francisco yep. right now. And, and you know Brandon Ayuk is going to come in and probably be their their number two wide receiver uh, at least from mm-hmm. a fantasy standpoint. So they're definitely trying to get Jimmy G all the help he can get. I mean, there's only one more step. I mean, they, yep. they they lost in the Super Bowl and they may have won that game. Sorry, Marcus, don't get upset with me. If he could have hit Sanders on that, you might be, you might be wearing you know Super Bowl champion. I might be wearing San some championship gear, t-shirt. no doubt. But yeah, and and I also, heck, Raheem Mostert's a big winner in this thing too because when you trade Breda, mm-hmm. now you're dealing with you know Tevin Coleman who was a disappointment from a fantasy perspective last season, but I think we yep. can all agree that going into 2020. Mostert is the guy that you want out of that Niners backfield. Yeah, I you know look, it it is one less point of confusion not having Matt Breida there. Although this just means Jeff Wilson comes in and maybe wrecks some people's dreams every once in a while. Um, so those are the, the the big trades. Then just some general weirdness. Uh, two things that I noticed. One, the Patriots didn't get a quarterback. That's not everybody weird. thought they are going to lose for Lawrence and tank for Trevor. That's is exactly that, is that what, what they're is that doing. What doing. Is that what's it's happening? Total now? BS that it just played out that way. Unless <laughs> Belichick's dog was making the picks, they were they were targeting the quarterback position, really. Like, come on. They had enough opportunities to get Jake Fromm. They had enough opportunities. They didn't do it. 
This is going to be a tank for Trevor season for the Patriots, and you can't convince me otherwise. They traded up twice and took two tight ends. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mean, that was that was wild. Um, I also love the fact that you know, Bill Belichick was like barely ever on screen when they went to him. They went to his camera. He's he was like that guy who. Uh, in his fantasy draft, he has the computer open, but he's busy doing other things mm-hmm. in the house. And he only goes to the computer when he hears the, you're now on the clock. Like, that was Belichick, which is never there in front of the table. Like, it was his dog half the time. Yeah, like, all the other all the other guys, like, have these fancy setups. And by the way, McVeigh with that house. Holy God. Um, he was, it's like him and Cliff Kingsbury, man. Bro, They've got a rivalry going. Unreal. But, like, <laughs> Belichick was, like, a fantasy owner. He had a computer on a kitchen table with his dog yep. next to him. Yep. He was making draft picks. And at some point, I felt like he was just, eh, all right, we'll go to this guy. No quarterback, but all right, Dalton King, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll go there. Right. Justin, Justin Rohrwasser, Mar- Marshall? Yeah. Yeah, all right, let's go with him. Sure, that's fine. The Patriots are the worst team in the AFC East. Is that something else? That's wild, that, huh? I mean, their defense is still going to be pretty good, but I mean – it's it's between them and the she's uh, I mean like I think the Dolphins might be better than the Jets at this point so yeah the Dolphins I mean, had a just, really good draft they had a good draft no they did a very good job mm-hmm. I mean look I will say this because two years in a row they they've done some really good things they seem to be building this team the right way I won't say the right way but building it well at least um, and, and yeah you know, look they they won five games last year which is you know about six more games than anybody would have anticipated them winning so. Um, we'll see what happens with that, but yeah, the the AFC West or the AFC East rather for the first time in a long time is is actually pretty wide open. The other thing is, the Packers didn't get a wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers has got to be like, what he in the living hell livid. are you doing? <laughs> they went to the NFC Championship game last season. They were within one game of going to the Super Bowl. They needed a field stretching wide receiver. Rodgers needs weapons, and what do you do? You draft his replacement, who, oh, by the way, is going to be a bust in the NFL. And then you draft Dylan. Like, do you need another running back? By the way, the Packers Man. hate Aaron Jones. I get, I get it. They gave him all those they touches. Do. They hate Aaron Jones. He's in the final year of his contract. They don't want to pay him. A.J. Dillon is the backup plan. He is Derrick Henry. Where did Matt LaFleur coach before Green Bay, Tennessee? That is the plan. Aaron Jones will not be a Packer in 2021, at least based on what we just saw in this draft. So that leads us into our running backs. And let's let's just start there because I saw that and I'm like, what what in the Sam Congato was going on in Green Bay? Um, So we were already worried about... (laughs) <laughs> like that, we were already worried about touchdown regression with with Aaron Jones. We we know he's not going to score 19 touchdowns, or at least it's going to be incredibly difficult to score 19 touchdowns a second year in a row. Um, do you think we see Dylan this year? Or do they just kind of ride Aaron Jones one last time and then you know kind of send him on his way? I just now I worry that you know in in addition to the touchdown regression that Dylan's going to. Maybe not get a ton of touches, but pick off just enough touches that it's going to make you concerned about Aaron Jones. It could be. I, I don't, you know, Marcus. I don't want to. I don't want to go out and say that Aaron Jones is going to be a bust. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just did a draft with the SiriusXM folks, and I think Jones was still like an end of the first round pick. I'm sure he will be. I, yeah. I, I don't want to call him a bust. If you expect him to produce what he did last season, then yes, he will be a bust because it's not going to happen. And. Right. 
if you if you temper your expectations to you know eight to ten touchdowns, and I think that would be pretty solid, then then you're fine. But <laughs> this this move just baffled the hell out of me because it's not like they just have Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams is a pretty good Jamal back Williams, too, yeah. and he mm-hmm. got he got some burn last season as well. So I really think Marcus that this is one of those moves that the Packers made for 2021. That, at least that's my opinion. In fantasy, we're always looking for immediate gratification. These mm-hmm. teams are not always doing that, and Green Bay showed that uh, with this pick. I think Dylan is going to be the running back there of the future. I'd be surprised if Aaron Jones is there in 2021. Why the hell would he be if they really like Dylan? No, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think this is looking ahead. I, you know, look, the, the trend, obviously, we've talked about it plenty of times, that teams aren't spending big on running backs. And I think that if, if Aaron Jones continues to be productive, he is going to want a big deal. Understandably, the, the Packers generally not known for just showering their guys with, with huge free agent deals. Um, so it, it could be that A.J. Dillon is kind of setting up there in, in the very short term. Similarly, though, I looked at the the Titans going out and getting Darrington Evans kind of the same way. And I know he's not exactly he's not the same player as Derrick Henry, but Henry's playing on the franchise tag. I can't imagine the Titans are going to want to keep doing this and giving him big money. I felt like this was one where they brought in a guy. They can sort of see what he has to offer this year as as the understudy to Derrick Henry and then maybe set him up if things work out well to be the lead back in 2021. I felt like that's that's kind of what teams did in this draft. I felt like this was a need, though, for Tennessee because Deion Lewis is with the Giants now. And, you know, uh, unless you're you know, looking at David Fluell and then uh, as the backup, which I don't think the Titans were, I think Evans <laughs> was sort of a necessary pick. And, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, time will tell what the Titans do with Henry in 2021 but Evans and he could end up getting picked in redrafts for those people who are in deeper leagues and like to have Mm -hmm. handcuffs uh in quotes but Henry's gonna still carry the mail in 2020 and then we'll see how his body reacts and then the Titans will make a decision on whether or not they move forward with him because he's gonna he's gonna cost a pretty penny and if we've seen anything over the years it's that teams don't like to pay running backs, even the even the real good ones sometimes. Even the good ones, yeah. Um, all right, so let's go back to the, the top of the second round, right? We're, we've got a couple of running backs coming off the board, two of the bigger names that we have been waiting on. DeAndre Swift goes to Detroit. Jonathan Taylor goes to Indianapolis. And I feel like Kerryon Johnson and Marlon Mack had to just be sitting at home, hanging out, enjoying the weekend, and then felt like they got, you know, Sucker punched. Yeah, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. watching this, th- watching these two guys get drafted. So I guess the first thing is, we talked about Clyde Edwards-Helaire last week, and I I asked if he was going to be the first pick off the board in dynasty rookie drafts, and we said, you know, let's let's wait and see what happens for where these other guys go if that impacts it. I don't feel like that either of those guys ended up in better situations than CEH did. Uh, you know, I, if, if I'm, if you, if you're asking me right now who I'm taking first in a dynasty rookie draft, it's, it's probably still Clyde the glide. It is. Yeah. And we had sort of wanted to see how the rest of the draft was going to play out before we crowned him as Dennis green. Uh, so famously <laughs> said. But yeah, he's the number one rookie in redraft. He's the number one rookie in dynasty. He's a tremendous fit for that offense. Again, I'll say it. One thing that concerns me is that can he pass protect? And, and mm-hmm. you know he, he's only five foot eight, so he's the same size as me. He's much stronger and a, a, a physical <laughs> specimen. So I hope he can develop that skill set because he's going to need it if he's going to be a three down back. But when you compare Clyde the Glide 
to Brian Westbrook, and that's what the Chiefs have done, basically. When mm-hmm. when Andy Reid looked at the film, you're going to see a lot of Brian Westbrook, was the quote. And that that's exciting. Um, in that draft that I was in on SiriusXM, I took him in the third round. I said, you know what? I'm mm-hmm. drinking the Kool-Aid, man. So I've seen it, huh? so many running backs thrive under Andy Reid. And you know the list, LaShawn McCoy and Jamal Charles and Brian Westbrook and Kareem Hunt and uh, Carell Buckhalter and and Deuce Staley. I mean, there's been a lot. Hell, Damian Williams. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I dig it, man. I, I think he's he's a top 30 pick um, without question. All right. Um, so between Swift and Taylor, if you had to pick a guy that was – which one of those two would start week one? Is, is it one of them? Is it both? Is it neither will be the week one starter for their respective team? I would think it's both. But they're mm-hmm. both going to be in committees. And I, I like Taylor yeah. a little bit more just because I feel like he is going to be guaranteed to see most of that goal line work uh, ahead of Marlon Mack. Now, mm-hmm. the the Colts could end up doing something where Taylor's coming off of a pretty heavy workload at Wisconsin. Marlon yes. Mack's in the final year of his contract. So they utilize a backfield committee where Taylor's the number one and, and, and Marlon Mack is sort of 1A or 2. And Matt gets his share of opportunities. They don't have to give Jonathan Taylor 350 touches. And right. <laughs> Taylor still makes an impact and is still an RB2. His ceiling takes a little bit of a hit. And Marlon Mack gets enough touches where he might have some standalone value at times. But at this point, he's probably a, a running back four. In mm. Detroit, I feel like Swift is going to see... It, it all depends on on Johnson. He's played 18 games right. in two years in the NFL. He's not durable. Uh, and, and also keep in mind, like everyone talks about, well, Taylor also has the, the advantage of going to the Colts and they have a great offensive line. Based on pro football focus, last year the Lions graded out ninth in run blocking last mm-hmm. season, and they added Jonah Jackson and Logan Stenberg. So the line got better. So DeAndre Swift, like maybe immediate gratification, it's not the best spot in the world. Long term it's going to be. And if on Johnson continues to be the on Johnson who cannot avoid injuries, then DeAndre Swift could make a bigger impact than we're projecting. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like that draft pick signaled that the the Lions were sort of tired of waiting, you know? Of course, yeah. You know that that they they like what they have in Carry On Johnson, but it's just getting harder and harder to to wait and be patient. So they're going to go in there and get a guy in Swift who can, but be a little bit of a do everything guy. And so uh, I was I was waving the flag for Johnson last year. Uh, you know, like a lot of people ended up sort of frustrated. I'm sure he was frustrated with the way things went. Um, and so now you're right. This it. This, this was frustrating. It, like we talked, we talked on Thursday or on Friday about the wide receivers and you know guys like Judy and Lamb and Rugs who ended up in situations that were not necessarily great. Um, and I feel like this the same thing happened with with uh, Swift and Taylor. Really, two talented running backs who ended up in situations where at least in the short term uh, they're going to be sharing touches. And you know we want it now, Fabs. And so like that's sort of hard. <laughs> Right, exactly. That, that, like fantasy owners want immediate gratification. This draft was not conducive to not immediate that. gratification. Not that. Uh, Cam Akers gets drafted by the Rams. So does this mean we're off the Daryl Henderson train yeah. now? You know what's funny? Please keep this in the back of your minds, fantasy fans, okay? How quickly a player's value can go from the biggest ceiling in the world, he's got so much talent, to <laughs> this guy stinks, okay? 
And it happens often, but Daryl Henderson might end up being the poster child for this. Last year, when he got drafted, everyone was falling off of the Todd Gurley bandwagon, saying that Daryl Henderson was going to push him. He was going to be in that mix for touches. He was going to be a compliment. Daryl Henderson did nothing last season, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the Rams go ahead and let Gurley walk. He goes to Atlanta, who, oh, by the way, Gurley's value uh, took a nice turn because Atlanta did not draft a running back, so it's Edo Smith a running there back. And, Brian, and Brian Hill. So... Mm-hmm. Now, Henderson is put into a position where he could compete for the starting job. And what do the Rams do? They draft Cam Akers, who is a very nice back who played extremely well behind a crap offensive line, averaged Mm -hmm. almost five yards per carry last season behind that offensive line, and per PPR, uh, uh, per pro football focus, almost four yards of those five per attempt came after contact. So he is someone who can make plays. The Rams' offensive line is a little bit sketchy right now. I mean, their best offensive lineman is like 38 or 39 years old. But I would project Akers to be the starter in, in 2020. Could that be the reason that the, the Rams went out and got him? Knowing that he played behind a bad offensive line to Florida <laughs> hey Cam, State. guess what? Remember what happened hey. last year? Here you go, you buddy. If <laughs> you're sort of used <laughs> to this, go out and make something happen. Um, I... Akers will probably be the starter, but this is another situation where I just don't see them. They're not gonna. They're just not gonna lean on him the way they did in you know prime Todd Gurley, right? Mm-hmm. We're still going to see Daryl Henderson get there. Where I you know I would think um, whenever we have early season games, you know preseason training camp, what have you, I still think Malcolm Brown is probably gonna at least get some early run just to see if he can compete. So I think you know we've got another kind of messy situation here in Los Angeles, but Cam Akers probably walks in and gets every opportunity uh, to be the, the number one guy, mm-hmm. which leads me to Baltimore. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Ravens get J.K. Dobbins. And my first reaction was, why can't anyone let Mark Ingram be great? I mean, he had, had a fantastic season last year. It was already frustrating because Lamar Jackson was the one getting those. He was scoring a lot of those rushing touchdowns, which already knocked down some of Ingram's value. Now Dobbins is there. And look, I think it's going to be a committee situation. But again, J.K. Dobbins is going to do enough that it's going to be hard to trust Mark Ingram's you know, production week to week because there's going to be somebody else taking touches there. Yeah, you're, you're, you're 100% right about it. Um, again, another situation where a top-notch running back went to a team that already has an incumbent starter who is not going to give up that role. Uh, Ingram's value certainly takes a hit. I've updated my, my rankings uh, on NFL.com. You can go ahead and check those out. And... Ingram is now in the flex starter conversation last season. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was all day long, an RB two and some weeks and many weeks an RB one. I just can't trust him at this point. And don't forget, they also have Gus the bus. They also have justice Hill. So, and you know, the, the Ravens run the ball a whole hell of a lot more than most teams in the league. But there's only so many touches to go around Marcus. And when you've got four running backs, like Dobbins is the future. So in like, there's a there's going to be a huge discrepancy this year in terms of the value of players in redrafts and dynasty leagues, especially because, like, you, you've got to love, for example, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift uh, in dynasty. In redraft, they're going to have value clearly as well, but more in dynasty. Same thing with Dobbins. Dobbins is probably, what, a middle to late round pick in, in redrafts? But in dynasty, right. he's a first rounder. Because he's going to end up being the guy in Baltimore, and that offense is not going to change under Greg Roman. They're going to run it, run it, and run it some more. Yeah, I mean, they are. Look, they, they still, in terms of pass catchers, you know, they, they went out and they added some guys. But 
uh, they got Devin Duvernay, uh, you know, kind of yeah. later in that draft, mm-hmm. but it, it's not. Look, it's not enough of of an add to this wide receiver group that you think, oh, all of a sudden they're going to start slinging the rock. This is still a run heavy team. Um, it's just it's just going to be very very messy in terms of who's getting the ball and, and how often. And uh, Mark Ingram right now looks like he is the lead back, but you know that is that is tentative. That is very much to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, up in Buffalo, Zach Moss is a bill, which I had the same question: Why can't anyone let Devin Singletary be great? Like I just. <sighs> I thought, I thought, I, and I knew this. We, we talked about this last week, right? That I said I wanted to believe and I wasn't quite sold. Mm-hmm. And the Bills go out and they get Zach Moss, who is going to be their bruiser. He's going to be, uh, when when Josh Allen isn't taking the goal line carries, it's probably going to be Zach Moss taking the goal line carries. Yep. And so it's just going to be another year of watching Devin Singletary try to have to make big plays in order to be fantasy productive. Um it just it just seems like the Bills aren't ready to make him a workhorse back right now. Yeah, see, I think that Singletary can still be like a low RB2 because I feel like he's still going to lead the backfield in touches, and that's not, you know, a, a, a hot take uh, by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination. You know, last season he was getting the majority of the workload down the stretch, and Frank Gore was being utilized more as a secondary back in the goal line as situations, and I feel like Moss will be that as well. But I, I, I would feel pretty confident that Singletary is still going to get 15 to 18 touches a game uh, moving right. forward. The problem is those touches are not going to likely translate into touchdowns unless he takes it to the house for a long distance because once they get down inside the go- in, in that goal line area, it's going to be Josh Allen or it's likely going to be Moss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, that the, the touchdown numbers are going to be hard to come by. I mean, look, they, they had to resort to trick plays last year to get him touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He was catching touchdowns from John Brown. Yeah. Uh, only had four of them. And, and, yeah, I think he's going to be that guy who, between the 20s, is going to be fantastic. There's just not going to be a lot of high-value touches there for, for yeah. Devin Singletary. And, and Moss, and that's Moss is a big tackle-breaking kind of guy. Uh, mm-hmm. So he, he's he's going to be in a good spot there. Near that goal line, that's going to be uh, that's going to hamper Singletary's value, no question. So. Now, the, the one of the things I would say to keep in mind with Zach Moss, one of the concerns about him is just that his running style potentially leads to injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not shy away from contact. He will go after it and, and you know kind of put the head down. And uh, I say that euphemistically because you can't actually put your head down anymore. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a penalty. But he will stick his nose in there, and uh, sometimes that that con- causes concern that that he might not last. Um. All right. Let's let's talk about this Keyshawn John Keyshawn Vaughn. I'll get this get right. right. Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm going to screw it up, so don't worry about Keyshawn it. Vaughn to Tampa Bay. So, so I look. I I'm still holding on, and you can tell me if I'm wearing my cardinal and gold colored glasses. Ronald Jones isn't going to completely go away. Like the 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 the, the, the dream took a big hit with Keyshawn Vaughn going to Tampa, but the Rojo dream is not dead. Tell me, am I, am I, am I being honest with myself or am I, am I being a homer by saying that? Uh, by dead, do you mean that he is not going to see any touches at all and, and, and Vaughn's going to be the guy? I don't know. But, I mean, his value is sort of on life support a little bit. I mean, Listen, right. Keyshawn Vaughn is going to end up being the big sleeper that comes out of this draft among running backs. Uh, he just mm-hmm. is. Um he is a player who can make defenders miss. Uh, he's he's got he's got enough sort of uh, elusiveness to to break tackles. Uh, he's a physical runner. 
He also uh, had 28 catches in his last season, so he's good enough to be sort of uh, a versatile back. I feel like he's a better fit for the offense than Ronald Jones. Um, sorry, Marcus. And I would project Vaughn to be the touches leader in that backfield in 2020. In fact, I have Vaughn ranked 31st at running back, and I moved Ronald Jones down to 38. So that's sort of where I'm projecting him. I'm not going to draft him in you know the, in one of the with one of the top 40 or 50 picks, but he's going to be a guy I have my eye on uh, come the middle rounds, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, look, I. <laughs> You know, I, my 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 immediate reaction was okay. This potentially is sort of a timeshare situation, and then the more I'm kind of looking at it, the more I'm starting to yeah. You know, look, Vaughn is going to come in. He's going to probably be the starter unless Jones takes a big step forward. Uh, I I'm holding out hope that maybe some of what we heard about Vaughn uh, was coach speak, but you could probably say the same thing about you know some of the positive things we've heard about Jones. Um, the the Bucks also got Raymond Calais from from Louisiana Lafayette, who's more of just a a home run hitter, speed guy. Uh, isn't necessarily you know going to be on the field regularly, but I think it's kind of a, a gadget. Maybe you can catch the ball every once in a while and and get him out in space, sort of thing. But it is a it's it's a basically two horse race between Vaughn and Jones uh, there in Tampa to see who's going to be the starter and who's going to get most of those mm-hmm. most of those touches. Um. A couple other just smaller, you know, later round picks. Eno Benjamin from Arizona State goes to the Cardinals. Um, guy with some potential, but he's definitely going to be behind. You know, Kenya Drake is the number one guy. Um, but Chase Edmonds, I think, is still yep. there. So, the, yeah, he's uh, probably a three. So he's probably the third guy right there. Joshua Kelly out of UCLA, a fourth round pick to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Where more than likely he sort of competes with Justin Jackson, another guy who stays some home, of those yep. backup snaps mm-hmm. uh, there. But yeah, he does. He stays home, goes from UCLA, and just will drive down to you know, just drive down to Carson mm-hmm. <laughs> and play. Or I should drive over to Inglewood, right? That's, uh, that's uh, we where think it's so. I don't know what's going on with the stadium. Like, are they continuing to build, or you know, I don't know. That's a good and I don't live I don't live terribly far, but I have it you know in our new world. It's not like I'm out driving around yeah. uh, to see what's going on. Um, there's a really good Jamaican restaurant across the street from the stadium for what it's worth. Okay. Um, not that I can go there anymore, but uh, you know it's just out there. So I think those are most of the the running backs. Uh, you know Anthony McFarland goes to the Steelers. It looks like you know they are sort of preparing for what's going to happen after James Conner is gone a little bit. But but James um, Conner is a winner in this draft. They didn't draft. He's definitely a winner because they didn't end up taking no. over the job. So no, not at all. Uh, so he's still kind of a front line guy. I mean, look, his thing is he's just got to stay healthy mm-hmm. uh, more than anything else. Um, I don't know any other running backs that jumped out. I feel like that's kind of the the majority of those guys that that we saw uh, come off the board over the weekend. Um, yeah. So that gets us that gets us to the rest of our wide receivers. We talked about the first round guys on Friday. First off, nineteen receivers taken in the first four rounds. Yeah. Uh, Compared to 16 last year, we saw two immediately in the second round. T. Higgins goes to Cincinnati, um, which, look, the Bengals went out and they are they are helping out Joe Burrow, right? They're getting him number one, and they're going to try and give him as much opportunity to be successful right away as possible. Mm-hmm. So I, I say yay for Joe Burrow. Um, I mean, you want to talk about a team with a whole lot of wide receivers now. I mean, A.J. Green is back at least for one more year. Tyler Boyd's there. John Ross is presumably healthy. Now you add T. Higgins to the mix. Um, 
there are a lot of guys that are competing for snaps and targets in this offense. Yeah, there are. So, so Burrow's a big winner, um, even though mm-hmm. he hasn't taken a snap in an NFL game or on an NFL uh, practice field. But he's he's got a lot of options. T. Higgins is the is basically the new A. J. Green. Uh, a. J. Green's what thirty two years old and has had some mm-hmm. lower leg uh, issues in the last couple of seasons. So T. Higgins is the future number one. Um, but Burrow. You know, Marcus, most of the time, a rookie quarterback who's going to make an impact in fantasy has got to be able to run with the ball. And Burrow mm-hmm. did that. You know, he, he wasn't Jalen Hurts, but right. he, he was able to do a little something with his with his legs uh, during his collegiate career, almost kind of like an Andrew Luck or an Aaron Rodgers, where maybe he can give you 250 or 300 on the ground and maybe two or three touchdowns. All the points there, that, that all helps. So Burrow is certainly worth uh, a, a late-round pick in redrafts. I don't know that he's going to be more than a QB2. But the Bengals are surrounding him with weapons, and Zach Taylor's offense is is likely very conducive to producing fantasy points. So this will be a fun offense to watch. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think you know Higgins is another guy. Like I, I guess I'm mostly curious is what exactly happens with AJ Green. As you mentioned, the injuries have sort of piled up. Um, you know, they they've got him around for at least one more year, but they are obviously grooming their wide receivers of the future. Tyler Boyd looks like he's going to push to be that number one wide receiver if he isn't already. Um, and yeah, I just thought I thought it was interesting that you know uh, Lance Zerline his comp for T Higgins was AJ Green. Now he's on the same team with AJ Green. It's obviously the the Bengals have a type mm, yeah. uh, when it comes to their wide receivers. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is the, I think this is definitely a, a look beyond. Look, the Bengals obviously are planning for beyond 2020. Yeah. So throw T. Higgins in that mix yep. there. Um, Michael Pittman, uh, fight on, goes to Indianapolis. Yeah. He was the, the third pick in the second round. And look, I like Michael Pittman, not just because he's, of where he went to school, but I think I, I like his oh, skills. I like be the, honest. I mean, I like that, too. Definitely. I mean, look, that, that has a lot to do with it. But I, <laughs> I like him as a football player as well. I just looked at the Colts, though, and how much of their offense hinges on Phillip Rivers not being the Phillip Rivers we saw at the end of last year, right? I mean, I I went back and looked. Last seven games, Rivers had 11 touchdown passes, 13 interceptions, just but was not pushing the ball downfield. Fewer than nine air yards per attempt in five of those last seven games. It looked like when he was trying to throw the ball downfield at times that the arm strength was just gone. Frank Reich says that he still thinks Rivers has something left in the tank, but, you know, they've got all these wide receivers, but if Phillip Rivers isn't isn't close to what we saw during his best days with the Chargers, none of this really matters, does it? Yeah, but I feel like you have to give him a pass somewhat because the offensive line is not good, and now he goes to Indianapolis where they have a tremendous offensive line. So you would think, in theory, the protection will be much better. Rivers is not mobile, uh, much like the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) The Statue of Liberty is probably more mobile than than Phillip Rivers at this point. But that's going to be a benefit to him. He'll have a ground game behind him with the the selection of Taylor and with Marlon Mack and, and with Naheem Hines. I like this fit. I think Michael Pittman is the number two fantasy wide receiver in Indianapolis behind T.Y. Hilton. Mm-hmm. Paris Campbell, we don't know what his situation is. Dealt with injuries uh, most of last season. And Pittman, is, he's, he could end up being a nice little PPR steal uh, at some point there in the later rounds because that's where he's going to have value in fantasy. He's not going to give you 12 touchdowns. He's likely not going to give right. you 1,500 yards. 
but he could give you, and I'm not talking about even just 2020, but sort of looking forward long term, he could give you 70 catches a season. Like, that's where his value is. No, I, I completely agree with that. And it's funny, too, because before the draft, uh, I had sort of been targeting Paris Campbell late, just trying to see what would happen. Now that now you want those I picks think, back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that changes a little bit now that mm-hmm. Michael Pittman is there in Indianapolis. Um, but there's definitely an opportunity for him to get on. Look, look, I mean, I didn't I didn't hate the Colts wide receivers last year. They just all got hurt. Right. <laughs> you know, they just weren't there mm-hmm. for most of the year. But yeah, it, it's it, that shook things up a little bit with uh, with the Colts going out and getting in Pittman there. Uh, KJ Hamler goes to Denver, which to me begs the question: Was Drew Locke's weekend as good as Aaron Rodgers' weekend was bad? Yeah, it really was. It really was. Uh, not only do you already have Sutton, then you go out and you get Judy, and mm-hmm. then you get Hamler right on top of that, and. Uh, You've got Noah Fant, and then they got Albert O. Can you say his last name? Uh, I, I wait, hang on, I wrote it down. Okoya, no, Okoya Boonham. No, you didn't do it. I, I, it's, uh, it's better than I, I would have done, Marcus. I mean, that's for sure. I've been, I was trying to practice it just for this moment, and I, I stumbled. It's fine. So it's, it's one of those <laughs> names where you're just never going to get it. It's, it's, it's one of those just impossible <laughs> names to, to pronounce. But Albert O, which is the safe way to, to pronounce his name, right. he'll come in. And Locke has a lot of weapons. And I'll tell you something. There will be no excuse for Drew Locke, Marcus. If he does not put up... I'm not talking about huge numbers. If he doesn't put up good numbers, if he's not effective, if he's not efficient, this is going to be all on him. Because the Broncos and John Elway have surrounded him with a lot of weapons. And, oh, by the way, Melvin Gordon's his starting running back now. Yep. Drew Locke is in a great spot, much like Baker Mayfield, to succeed next season. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I Drew Locke was one of the big winners of the weekend, uh, without a doubt, because they have given him pretty much everything he will need to be successful there. Uh, and look, he played, I thought he played well at the end of last year, so we'll, we'll see if he can keep that going, but there's no excuse that he doesn't have the guys to, to make plays for him uh, in the passing game, because that's certainly there. Mm-hmm. Um, after Hamler, there was a, just a, a bunch of guys. You started with, you know, so you had Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson. Uh, Claypool goes to the Steelers, Van Jefferson to the Rams, Denzel Mims to the Jets, Antonio Gibson to Washington, Lynn Bowden and Brian Edwards go to the Raiders, Devin DuVernay to the Ravens, uh, Gabriel Davis to the Bills, Antonio Gandy Golden goes to Washington. That gets us through the end of the fourth round, right? Yep. And I looked at those guys. There wasn't any one guy that jumped out at me as a potential like huge, you know, breakout star in the making. But there were some picks that I sort of liked and I'll kind of let you go through the ones you like. But I I like the Brian Edwards pick to the Raiders. I thought that was solid. Um, I want good things for Denzel Mims, but I mean, he's in the Adam Gase offense now. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I just felt like there's there's so many guys here that it's like. We're trying to find which one of these can be the Terry McLaurin, for instance, of this year. Uh, and I feel like we got a lot of potential options in this group. Yeah, no, no question about that. Brian Edwards is a good one. If you don't know who that is, a guy who at 17 years old played at South Carolina and really played well as a very young man last season, played extremely well despite the fact that the quarterback play was poor. <clears throat> Unfortunately, he had some injuries uh, at the end of the season. He had his knee. And then before the combine, he injured his foot. But he has got big-time upside. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah compared him to Chris Godwin. So that's mm-hmm. that's heavy praise. Lynn, Lynn Bowden, that's going to be an interesting uh, selection because he was 
a sort of jack of all trades in college. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when Goodell announced his name, I thought he said running back. Now, um, so I, I don't know where he's going to play. Well, there are a couple guys like that because Antonio, Antonio Gibson is Gibson sort of the too. same way. I talked to yeah. I talked to Darius Geis about him because I'm thinking, bro, what are they doing? Like, how mm-hmm. many running backs do you guys need? And we kind of both agreed that Gibson's going to play wide receiver. He'll be a wide receiver in Washington. Yeah. So, which I sort of I sort of like that fit with him at, at wide receiver. As a running back, he's going to get buried, as you mentioned. I mean, you got Darius Geis there. Uh, you know, they, they added Peyton Barber. They still have Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think they're still waiting on Bryce Love to see if if he can at least you know get on the field and 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 do something for them. So as a as a as a running back, I think Gibson gets buried. Uh, I like him though potentially as a wide receiver in that group that you know is still looking for a they got McLaurin and then they're looking for something else somebody else there mm-hmm. um, you know and I think in a lot of ways Gibson can kind of play sort of that Chris Thompson role uh, a guy that you can put out in the slot who can catch the ball you can line him up in the backfield if you want to and do that sort of thing I think that's that's potentially where his future is there Marcus um, um so yeah who is the Redskins tight end <laughs> what I I mean. That was a position know. of need. I mean, right. is it Jeremy Sprinkle? It is right now. I mean, why would they not? I mean, Green Bay took a tight end. The Patriots <laughs> took two. The, you know, the bear. The Bears are just like hoarding them like I, Halloween I, candy. I don't get why the Redskins didn't draft uh, a tight end. I mean, that was a surprise to me. So I guess in our in my fantasy winners is Jeremy Sprinkle a winner. Uh, I mean, kind of, yeah, because he is. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at their tight ends right now, right? I mean, Sprinkle is, he's their number one. I mean, they've got, have Richard Rodgers. They have Logan Thomas. They have Caleb Wilson. I mean, it's just, yeah, Jeremy Sprinkle is kind of your guy there. Um, wow. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, whomst in Pittsburgh is Chase Claypool crowding out? Vance McDonald, I would think. Mm-hmm. And I... I Obviously, he got drafted as a wide receiver. You know, there's talk about him potentially right. playing tight end. But Claypool has that late round sort of redraft flyer feel to me because of the offense. Mm-hmm. He is. Mm-hmm. They compared him uh, at the combine after his performance to Calvin Johnson just because of his 40 time and his size. So he's not Calvin Johnson, but he's a big body dude who, uh, who who's got some who's got some sneaky speed. And the the issue is that Pittsburgh's got. Juju, Deontay, right. James Washington, and now you bring in Eric Ebron, and then you get uh, the kid out of Notre Dame. So Claypool probably on the outside looking in in terms of targets, and I feel like people need to keep that in mind. During during yeah. the draft, we get excited about players and their potential, and we talk about all the good things and you know some of the negatives. Ultimately, most of these rookies are not going to make an impact. As much as we right. would hope, at least not in their first seasons. Sometimes it takes time. In the case of Rashad Perriman and like Devontae Parker, it took five years, right? I, so right. that's rare. But as much as we talk about these players now, keep in mind that you know Claypool may not make an impact this season. Rager may not make an impact this season. Denzel Mims might not make an impact this season. Uh, J.K. Dobbins might not make an impact this season. NFL teams aren't like fantasy owners. They're not looking for immediate gratification all the time. They're looking to build for the future. And like, for example, Baltimore, they didn't really need a running back. But Mark Ingram's 30 years old and heading into 2021, Dobbins could be their guy. But right now, 
he's probably second on the depth chart at best. So that's just something to keep in mind. I saw it in the draft that I did um, a couple of days ago where, you know, we get excited about these rookies and maybe I'm too excited about the glide because I took him in the third round. <laughs> Hell, Cam Akers, I think, went in the fourth or fifth round. So you need to sort of tap the brake a little bit on some of these players, mm-hmm. keeping in mind that a lot of these guys are not going to come in and be able to make an impact right away because the NFL game is much faster, it's much more aggressive, and it's much more physical than the college game. Yeah, I mean, like the the, the Claypool thing. I just looked at that and I'm like, okay, I, I, I mean, I don't think he's a bad player. It just no, of course not. There there was there wasn't. It was just a weird fit to me. Uh, and with what Pittsburgh has on the roster, I just was like, okay, uh, I don't really know what to do with this. Right, like if Claypool <laughs> so. had gone to like Green Bay, for example, right? I mean, right. they, they kind of have Devin Funches there too. But and like then I could be like, oh, okay, all right. I mean, right. Still don't know if he's going to make a huge impact, but like, okay, that's 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 a that's a better fit. Uh, Pittsburgh's got a lot of miles to feed. And if Ben Roethlisberger goes down, God help us all. <laughs> no, no one's going to be oh, startable from that from that offense no. past I mean, maybe Juju. I mean, and even he was yeah, bad even, last season. Yeah, last year, I mean, when, when Ben went down, Juju fell off the map. So yes. uh, so that's there's no guarantee there. Uh, in L.A., choose your fighter, Van Jefferson or Josh Reynolds? Uh, I'll go Reynolds. I'll go with the incoming guy. <laughs> but, but yeah. I, you know the van was definitely drafted to to be the third man in that uh, that big time wide receiver core that they have there with Cooper and Robert Woods, who, oh by the way, their values have both gone up too um, as, as a result of this offseason. Yeah, you know it's funny because I you know, I mentioned Paris Campbell and he was a guy I was kind of targeting late. Uh, I felt the same thing about Josh Reynolds and now Van Jefferson shows up and I'm sort of like uh, mm. not as excited about it as I yep. as I had been. Um, you mentioned Denzel Mims. How about for the Raiders, right? Whoever their quarterback is going to be, whether it's Derek Carr, whether it's Marcus Mariota. Um, I mean, we talk about the Broncos giving no excuses to Drew Locke. Uh, that's basically what, what Mike Mayock and John Gruden are doing for their quarterback. They get Ruggs, mm-hmm. they get Bowden, they get Brian Edwards. Um, so the, the you, know, you throw that in there with uh, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams. There are no excuses for the Raiders quarterback. I just wonder... You have two guys who are very conservative when it comes to throwing the ball and throwing checkdowns. Does this make them more aggressive, having guys like Ruggs with, and Bowden with great speed, or do they just stay the same as they were? I would hope so, but the issue is that you know Carr ranked 30th in pass attempts of 20-plus yards last season. That's not mm-hmm. good. I mean, there's 32 teams, folks. So, and, and also keep in mind, who, who, or shall I say, what position has been his favorite to throw to in the last two years? It's been what the slot guys tight, tight end, ends. man. Darren yeah. Waller and Jared Cook. Yeah, those guys are not going deep. <laughs> okay, they're not running goes. They're in the middle of the field. They're security blankets. And Derek Carr has made that position very fruitful from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Rugs, you know, I love the guy, and Mike Mayock is a hell of a lot smarter than I am. And I hope he does well with all the comparisons to Tyree Kill. I hope he's great. I really question whether or not that's a fit. You know, did, did they did they draft yeah. Darius Hayward Bay uh, over Michael Crabtree? I mean, you know, that's the comparison that people will make. I thought Ceedee Lamb would have been. Not that I'm complaining. How about them Cowboys? But sorry, Eddie, your Giants are going to be in big trouble defensively when they face the big the, the boys <laughs> from Big D. Um, <laughs> I see him shaking his head already. Let's get the trash talking started. And it's I don't think so. Let's do it. But um, <laughs> like, if Ceedee Lamb went to Las Vegas, I'd be like, whoa. Easily right. the best rookie wide receiver. Easily. Now, 
with Ruggs there, and I love him. His talent is unmistakable. His speed is ridiculous. We saw that at the combine. I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know how much he's going to thrive in his first year, though, with the Raiders. They do have a lot of wide receivers, uh, mm-hmm. and they, and of course, Darren Waller, Jason Witten's there as well. I feel like I feel like Ruggs is is, is not the number one receiver uh, in this class, at least in terms of the twenty twenty values. I like Jerry Judy more than him. Yeah. No. I mean, I look. I I thought the Raiders were going to go with Judy. Um, especially when all three of those guys were on the board. So them, them taking rugs was a little bit of a curveball to me. Um, but you're right. Like, I don't necessarily love that fit. We'll see if it works out. I'll say this for the Raiders, though, right? Because they believe in getting their guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the, the draft experts and the draft analysts might not agree with some of those picks or at least where the Raiders are taking those guys. But Mayock and Gruden are going to – they have guys they want. They're going to go get them. We saw that last year with Cleveland Furl. Yep. Um, get your guy, this man. Year. We say it in fantasy too. Get your guy. Get your guy. So even if even if you don't necessarily love the end result, you got to love the conviction because they they have guys that they definitely want. Um, you know, it's also funny to see John Gruden's big board, just a big whiteboard in the background at his house, and Mayak too. Um, Mayak was just like in his kitchen. He's like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's that. Um, I, yeah, I didn't put quarterbacks here, but. The one I just really want to talk about is Jalen Hurts. Um, right. Because he was what the guy was that? that fantasy Twitter loved. What was that? The Eagles take him. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. Best player on um, the board maybe kind of scenario? Maybe. But what they just signed uh, went to an extension not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time that extension is up, Hurts will be pretty much at the end of his rookie contract. So it's not like they're grooming him to be the quarterback of the future. People kept throwing out the Taysom Hill example, but I just, you know, Hurts is a, a much more talented player than, than Taysom Hill. Um, so I don't I don't know what they're doing. And I know, you know, Fantasy Twitter loved this guy. He was their champion. And to see him in a situation where he's stuck behind another quarterback, I, I can't explain it. Listen, I get that teams want to have you know quality backups but in fantasy we we don't care we, we want guys to be put in positions no. where they're going to have the opportunity to produce for our fantasy teams and that is i mean i don't know if if the eagles just wanted to go you know back-to-back jalen's with their first two picks and they're like hey we took <laughs> regular let's go with her but it, it doesn't make any sense to me uh, at all Th- there were teams out there that that could have used hurts i mean hell the patriots could have could have drafted him what i yeah. i well i was hoping and it was like, you know, fantasy world uh, thoughts that the Patriots would draft Jalen Hurts and then they would sign Cam Newton and mm. play Newton for a year or two and then have Hurts sort of take over uh, guys right. who have some similar skill sets. But that that didn't happen. Unfortunately, my dreams were, sh- were shattered there when the Eagles just shocked the world and took Jalen Hurts. So, um, yeah, Howie Roseman kind of not sure where he was going there, but Hurts goes from potentially being a dynasty league snag to now it's like, okay, even if I draft yeah. him in dynasty, like how long am I going to have to wait for this guy to get on the field? Might be yeah, a while. That's, that's the thing is that there's no easy path for him to exactly. get on the field short of, you know, you, you know, you don't, you don't want to cheer for injuries. You don't want to root for injury, but that, that seems to be the only way right now for him mm-hmm. to get any significant playing time yep. there in, in Philadelphia. Um, the tight ends, like, 
Adam Troutman to me won the tight end lottery in terms of of being just the the combination of talent versus fit, right? Because mm-hmm. I looked at where all the other tight ends went, and there weren't a whole lot. There wasn't a whole lot of interesting there, right? I mean, the Bears take Cole Komet, so they have they have literally ten tight ends <clears throat> on their how, roster. How soon before the Bears just say enough is enough, we're done? New GM, sayonara. I mean. I don't I don't get it. You, so they got you traded up to get Mitch Trubisky when Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were on the ball. And I get it. Hindsight is twenty twenty, But, I mean, come on, guys. And, and then you sign Jimmy Graham, and I think he's, what, making $9 million? Like, in, yeah, in the first year? He's getting and, a pretty penny. Whatever. I'm glad I'm not a Bears fan. I don't I don't get it. So, they, so Cole Komet goes there. The, the Patriots get a couple of tight ends. But... You know, Devin Asiasi, you know, potentially can catch the football for them, but you don't know like who the quarterback's going to be. Asiasi, yeah, but you don't, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be or what that offense is going to look like right now. Um, you know, the the Packers draft basically a blocking tight end yep. in Degara. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Harrison Bryant, another talented tight end, but he goes to Cleveland where they they just picked up the option on David Njoku, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah. They've got Austin Hooper. They're, they're, they they're not going to be running 13 all day long. They're going to be running 12. <laughs> right, you know? you know? So, I mean, they've, they've got Njoku and Hooper there, so Bryant is kind of blocked, at least in the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Albert O, we talked about him. There's Noah Fant there in Denver. Troutman is the guy, and even then, I mean, he's behind Jared Cook, uh, but Cook's pretty much gone after this year. Josh Hill is the only tight end on the roster who has a contract beyond 2020. Um, and I'm not really worried about Josh Hill. So Troutman's in a good situation, but you know, by the time he gets on the field, who's going to be their quarterback? Drew Brees is going to be gone. Is it Jameis Winston? There's like, there's no, I know tight ends take forever to develop. They take a longer time, yep. but there's just nothing here that really got me excited about this group. No, I know but you're, you're forgetting, you're forgetting one, uh, one name, Marcus. That is, oh Thad Moss. <laughs> Thad Moss didn't get drafted, but he got signed. Randy he did Moss get signed. Kid. Yep, he got and signed. And the Redskins don't have a tight end, so I don't know. I'm just throwing whatever. I mean, it's it's all, <laughs> it's all in good fun. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. This, I think, Mets probably going to end up being the best of the bunch because Graham's not long for Chicago. At least Bears fans should hope not. I think his deal mm. was what a, a two years deal. Um, I think so. So. Komet's probably going to be – yeah, I mean, that's what you have to look at at the tight end position because you're typically looking in terms of what the dynasty value is of these players. And you're exactly right. Is Drew Brees going to be the quarterback in a couple of years? I mean, I would guess probably no. You know, He's got a year or two left in him um, in, in that third year. I mean, maybe. But mm-hmm. Jared Cook is, is also still there. Um, you know, Albert O's got to contend with Fant. Bryant's got to contend with Njoku and, and, and Hooper. Um, you know, the the two guys the Patriots drafted, I mean, you know, Keen and say it again. Uh wait, Asi Asi Asi. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna make an impact in the next year or two. I mean, who the hell is the quarterback in New England right now is Jared Stedham. Right. Jared Stedham. What the hell is that? I are, are the Patriots are the Patriots really going to go from the best dynasty in football history and one of the best dynasties in sports history to an absolute bottom feeder who's tanking for Trevor and losing for Lawrence. It looks like I mean, that's what's going to happen, Marcus. They're, they're the going to be trying comes, to win it, it games 6-3 all year long. 
I I do think part of me thinks that is why the Patriots went so defense heavy in this draft is that the, you know, hey, look, this, this offense is going to take some time to rebuild. We're still looking for our quarterback of the future. Let's just bolster the defense. Let's see if we can you know, keep the score low and, and maybe you know, pick off a few games here at the end. That that was my only thought about mm-hmm. what they did. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The, the tight ends, just, eh. It's just, eh. It, 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 meh. Eh. That's all I got for all you. Right. Um. So that brings us kind of to, to our, our overall look now at this rookie class here as we get close to the end. Um, who, who do you have, one, as your top scoring rookie, and then do you, have, do you have your top rookies by position at this point, like what you expect production-wise at the end of the season? So if we're talking in terms of redrafts, which, which you mm-hmm. know, most people are looking for that immediate gratification, you know, right. the Glide is my number one running back, Taylor's mm-hmm. two, uh, Swift is three. Acres is four. Although that's very close. Keyshawn Vaughn is number five. Don't forget about Keyshawn Vaughn. Zach Moss is six. So uh, Dobbins is seven. And once you, once you get past like Vaughn, you're looking at certain committees. Like Moss is going to be in a committee with Singletary and be secondary in that committee. Dobbins is going to be in a committee with Ingram, and he's going to be the secondary option in that committee. So. Mm-hmm. It, it only goes so deep in hell. Two of the first three guys could end up being in committees. Let's be honest. If Carryon can avoid right. injuries, Marlon Mack is still in Indianapolis. Those two guys are going to be in a, in a committee uh, potentially as well. And let's also not forget, Damian Williams was damn good at times in the last couple of seasons. I mean, he should have been the mm-hmm. Super Bowl MVP. And so I don't know that he's just going to roll over and die in Kansas City as much as I love Clyde edwards helaire I, I don't know that that is a scenario where he is going to be a featured back. Again, remember, I, I have some question marks about his pass protection. So those, right. are the, those are the top running backs in the class. For me, at wide receiver, all redraft. Uh, I've got Judy one. I've got Ruggs in there. Uh, I, I got CeeDee Lamb three, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm probably being a Cowboys homer. Justin <laughs> Jefferson, and like the opportunities are going to be there for Jefferson, but how much are the Vikings really going to throw the football? That mm-hmm. has me questioning uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Michael Pittman, uh, and then I have Rager in there, T. Higgins, uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, and, and then Mims and, uh, and Claypool. Um, Chenault is one I think is really interesting. Like, I like his skill set. I just – I have a hard time seeing him being productive in that Jacksonville offense. Like, I just don't know that he does enough – that he will do enough of any one thing. Uh, to. I think he's yeah, a project to more. A I mean, he's still you – know, Chris Conley is still there, and, like, I, you know, and they've right. got – you know, DJ Chark, uh, you know, your, your pal Marquise Lee is in New England right now, but yep. they still have they still have he still has some guys to uh, to, to leapfrog. And I don't know that he's going to do that uh, in year one. Yeah, I, I will say this. I maybe I'm being a little optimistic. I have Justin Jefferson as my number one wide receiver right now, just because I think he's the guy that it. has yeah, the most. Sure. He's got the most immediate uh, opportunity. I don't I think I don't think his ceiling is the highest. I think, you know, if you're talking about higher ceilings, you're looking at Judy, right. uh, you know, Russ. somebody like that. Yeah. But um, but I think in terms of just you, what we'll see in 2020, Jefferson is kind of the guy I'm, I'm pegging. CEH I have as my my number one running back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I liked Jonathan Taylor. I, I had him as my top running back in this draft. Uh, and I think I think he's the guy that, you know, if there's going to be a guy that pushes Edward Hilaire for rookie scoring at running back, I think it's Taylor this year uh, in Indianapolis. Um, anybody that you saw on this board that was drafted, anybody, let's say after the second round, right? So third round and later that you see could be a potential breakout guy this year, a la maybe like a, yeah, I guess a Terry McLaurin, somebody that was drafted kind of in the middle round you think could, could break Keyshawn out. Keyshawn Vaughn, third rounder. That's mm. the guy. 
Mm-hmm. That's the guy for me. Uh, he ended up in a great spot, uh, a, a great spot. And so right. anybody outside of the, the top two rounds, he'd be my number one. All right. Yeah, I think Vaughn is kind of the winner there. I, I keep looking at, at Antonio Gibson, but that so much is depending on uh, – Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. and and what he's able to do and, and how he's able to to progress this year because again like I don't think Gibson gets that opportunity as a running back he gets it more as a wide receiver um, so so that's one I but I think I think Vaughn is probably going to be the consensus answer here just yep. because of the opportunity yep. I mean we were hoping that you know Swift or Taylor ended up somehow in Tampa Bay but uh, or Taylor or Swift or Taylor or Swift <laughs> all of them uh, all of them um, yeah I don't know that. That was a lot. Is there is there anything we left out? Anybody that you kept that you have an eye on that that uh, you know, good spot, bad spot, indifferent. I mean, I think we we covered basically everything that we needed to uh, that we needed to talk about. We we got yeah mostly all of the big names. You know, we didn't really talk Tua very much, but I feel like Tua is going to open the season behind Ryan Fitzpatrick because where yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick goes, he needs to start. I mean, that's in his contract apparently. So Fitzpatrick will be the guy, and if the Dolphins are rolling, Tua might not see the field for four or five weeks. If they're struggling and he's healthy, then he will get an opportunity. So, and that Dolphins offense, I, hey man, you know they, they did some good. They did some good things. They improved the offensive line. Uh, they got their quarterback of the future. I think this is probably the most excited that Dolphin fans have been about a quarterback since Marino. Now, how many quarterbacks have they had since Marino? About three hundred. I mean, there's been a ton. Tua's. Tua's got all the looks of a potential franchise quarterback. He's just got to avoid injuries. Uh, really? Yeah. That, that's, you know, that's that's the big bugaboo with him. If he can avoid injuries, this guy could end up being a really good pro and a very good fantasy quarterback. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the big thing. And look, I, I thought it was funny. This whole thing started with hashtag tank for Tua. Uh, they won five games. Everybody wondered if they had messed up their chance. And, and nonetheless, the guy they man. wanted falls, falls right they to them their in their lap anyway. Yeah. So it ends up being the best of both worlds for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Now, the, the hard part, the frustrating part is we're not going to get rookie minicamps. Uh, we're not going to get OTAs. So... It's going to be a while before we see these guys sort of working out with their teams and getting on the field and and figuring out what they can do. All you got is the tape right now. It's all you got is the tape. But it also makes kind of for some interesting – when we get to fantasy draft time, it makes it a little bit interesting because we don't know. I mean, we talk about all these wide receivers that went off in the first four rounds, right? All these kind of mid-tier running backs who are going to be in committees – we have no idea how much work they're going to get, how many snaps and touches early on, because we're not going to get to see them. I know. So that's going to make it hard for yep. us. And, and I've said this before, in terms of players that have changed teams in the offseason and the rookies working with their new teams and their new teammates, uh, especially the wide receivers and the tight ends trying to get on the same page as the quarterbacks, the, the season could start slowly uh, yep. for, for a lot of these guys. It could start very slowly. It's not like you come right in, typically you're not going to have that immediate rapport with your quarterback, um, you've got to learn a new offense. It's it's going to take some time. So uh, we're in uncharted waters, Marcus. Let's just hope we have a season, okay? Yeah. Let's just hope we have a season. That's that is step one. Yes. <laughs> that and is we step should, one. I think we should find out what the NFL's plan is here, probably in the next couple of weeks, because the plan is to release the schedule. Uh, is it May? Uh, May I believe 9th? May ninth. I believe. So yeah. we should have a little bit clearer of an idea of what's going to happen with the schedule and what they have planned in case it needs to be postponed. I would, I would say 99% there's not going to be any fans in the stadiums though, but 
I just want to see football. And if it's on television, everyone's going to watch. Yeah, that's that is certainly the case. Um, so, yeah, uh, before we get out of here one last time, if you caught any of the draft-a-thon or if you didn't and you still want to donate uh, and, and help uh, support some charities there, you can go to NFL.com slash relief. Uh, the donations window is open until Wednesday, so it still gives you a couple more days to jump in there and donate if you can. If you can't, uh, certainly understandable. If you can, maybe you can make a little for uh, for somebody else uh, to kind of help out with that. Again, those guys did a look, great job on the draft. Like, great job on the draft. I mean, we all we, we joked about this that we kind of were going to watch it for the train wreck effect just to see um, you know what could go wrong, but everything went off smoothly. Uh, and that is a credit to the production teams, both, you know, our, our friends and colleagues at the NFL Network, all the folks over at ESPN uh, as well, who, who put on a, a great production. Um, it was funny to kind of watch Roger Goodell like fading into that good night on uh, on Thursday yeah. as it got later yeah. and later. And he was like chilling and uh, mm. especially on Friday, he's like chilling in the lounge chair. Yeah. <laughs> Life's good for Raj. No, I was saying Roger looks like me, like when I'm watching a movie late at night and I'm pretending that I'm not falling asleep. <laughs> That's kind of what that looks like. So, uh, But again, salute to all those folks who put that thing on. And if you can go to NFL.com slash relief, uh, we would all greatly appreciate it. So there you go. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you downloading and listening and watching. As always, you know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, writing with broken pencils is pointless. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. Yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. 
because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.